0: from Kansas City, Missouri, the home of the 2023 NFL Draft. It's Unnecessary Roughness, brought to you by Paul Padilla and Subaru of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. And there's another
1: man that's here in Kansas City covering the draft and being a part of the draft, and he's done it for many years in a row now, and that's the voice of the silver and black. That's Jason Horowitz, and Jason joins us now on the phone lines. And Jason, thanks so much for your time, and I know you've been hosting the NFL draft for years. What what number is this, man? What year is this for you? Oh, goodness. Uh, (laughs) Former
2: Raider quarterback E.J. Manuel, when he was taken in the first round by the Bills, Wow, Uh, that was my first year hosting the entire draft. I had done like the end of
1: it for those guys for a couple of years. So I think this is eleven. Nice, this is eleven. Yeah, eleven in a row. Well, I'll tell you, man. If you ever need a wingman, man, you you, you got a guy. You know, just just call him. Just send a signal, man. I got you
2: for a lot. I feel like you and I have discussed
1: that in a variety of situations. Oh yeah, (laughs) we have. We have, man. We have. I'm trying to get into your lane, but no, that's that's cool, man. And it's it's been fun just being able to see the first round last night here uh, in Kansas City. What were your overall takeaways, man? I felt like it was a, a a more active draft than first round draft that we've seen in a long time. You know, it's interesting you say that because I actually felt like, and this is going to sound weird.
2: Uh, I actually thought it was boring, and what I mean really? by that is, I not not in terms of like how it played out. But in terms of like, what I think people expected, eh, that nobody knew who was going to go where and what, you know, players that were, it was going to be a lot of shocks and there were going to be a ton. It didn't happen. Like, you know, I, I know the Will Levis story conversation. I get that, right? Yeah. We'll get to that, I'm sure, because maybe the Raiders are in play for Levis or Hendon Hooker here early in the second round. I don't know. We'll talk about that. But, like,. Um, I, you know, Bryce Young going one, C.J. Stroud two, Will Anderson three, Anthony Richardson four. Like that's pretty much we're in the vicinity where those guys were slotted for the better part of the last month, month and a half. And you know, yes, Houston trading up to three is a yeah. big splash, and I think it's a brilliant move by the Texans because you know, if if and obviously this is all uh, with the idea that both of those guys turn out to be good players, but if they do. Then who cares if you take your two first rounders this year, or a first rounder this year and a first rounder next year? You know what I mean. So, yeah. so I, I I think that part of it is is a great decision for them. If you love two guys, go get those two guys. Um, and so I that part of it, you know, it's interesting that a couple of teams traded up one spot um, throughout the course of the night. And and what was interesting is what they gave up to do that. Mm. Uh, Buffalo gave up a fifth and a seventh this year to move up one spot. Whereas Chicago only got a fourth rounder next year to move back one spot, um, so I think those were interesting. But it, it, in general, I don't think there were like massive surprises. I don't think uh, you know. I know some people think Will McDonald is a little bit of a reach at fifteen for the Jets, and um, some people were wondering why Jack Campbell went eighteen when some thought he was a second rounder. But you get picks like that in the twenties and these yeah. late teens. I don't think there's that much of a shock and awe. And then the Will Levis part of it, dude, I I know it's been a story for two months that, hey, he could go one or maybe he's top five. Anyone who covers college football did not think Will Levis was a top five pick at any point. And so it's just a storyline that's been driven because we need storylines, right? Right. Um, And you feel bad for the kids sitting there for three and a half hours, but we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see who takes him because he's a quarterback and you know that somebody's going to pull the trigger on him and hand hooker too, who's available. But I was interested by, you know, Detroit, you mentioned Jack Campbell, but, I mean, they took Gibbs early. Uh, They got Campbell, that's a second-round guy. And the Raiders, look, I've been covering the Raiders for a long time, been a fan of the team for a long time, so I know that a lot of times they'll say, hey, we're just identifying our guys and we're going to pull the trigger on them. And that seems like what Detroit did. It doesn't always work out for the Raiders. Maybe it'll work out for them, but it, it, it's more times than not when you kind of go against conventional wisdom. A lot of times, it comes back to bite you.
2: Well, I don't know.
1: I mean, I so so
2: it goes to regimes, right? And yeah.
1: and you know,
2: this is the second draft for the Raiders, and really, without a first or a second draft pick last year, it's hard to judge on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dylan Parham was their first pick, McDaniel's, Josh McDaniel's, and and uh, and Dave Ziegler, and he started all year yeah so you know and i and i think played pretty well now there's room to improve and all that but if you say hey our third round pick is going to be a 10-year starter that that turns up to be a great pick yeah um for the lions you know brad holmes who came from the rams and dan campbell you look at the guys they've drafted over their those two years um and they're all massive impact guys and so if you look at that and say hey um, they have identified guys who are going to be really good players for them. Amon Rasay Brown comes to mind. Malcolm Rodriguez, who was a fifth or a sixth round pick, became a great starting linebacker by the end of the year. Kirby Joseph's a third round pick. You know, I know a lot of Raiders fans got to know Devin Witherspoon, and, hmm. and you know, for that matter, maybe Jortavius Martin, uh, his college teammates, a guy that, that, that someone's going to go in the second or third round. But Kirby Joseph was a guy who they took in the third round, and he had a great rookie year. Uh, So so when regimes identify players who become massive contributors in their first couple of years, like the Seahawks did last year, you start to get the benefit of the doubt. And and, you know, Brett Veach gets that in Kansas City. Howie Roseman gets that in Philadelphia and Detroit's front office. I think since Brad Holmes took over would get that, too.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a good point, and it's funny you mentioned Philadelphia and Howie Roseman. How about them getting a couple more Georgia Bulldogs, Jalen Carter and Elvis yeah. Smith? I thought that was a yeah. good a good play for them throughout the course of the first round.
2: You know, I, I know, look, we're, I'm hosting the draft, but I'm also seeing things on Twitter, and I know there was a Raider Nation that wanted um, Jalen Carter at seven, right? He's a talented player. Some think he's the best player in the draft, top three player in the draft. I get that. And certainly there's no question that the Raiders' defensive line needs help. And, and they address that, whether it's on the edge, inside. Tyree Wilson's a guy who can play in a lot of spots. And, you know, he had more pressures than any player in the Big 12, and he missed three games. So I, I, I hope he turns out to be a really good player, along with Crosby and Chandler Jones, and we'll see where they go moving forward. Um, I just, you know, you live in you live in Vegas. I don't. But but I just think that the, the, it's too close to home with what happened with Henry Ruggs uh, to, to then – go ahead and draft Jalen Carter, you know? Mm-hmm. So yep. I, I don't, I don't know that they came out and never said, Hey, we're well, not going to do this, but I'm sure that was part of a conversation. Um, but to your point about the Eagles, they've got all of his college teammates there to try and help them out. <laughs> right. Including the guy who we lined up next to in Jordan Davis, uh, who went 13 last year and was a monster in the NFL is a rookie. So, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's very possible that, that, uh, by the end of the year, uh, 37% of the Eagles starting defense will be have, have been from Georgia in the last
1: few years. Right. Well, it worked out for Baltimore when they were going after Bama guys, and it worked out for Washington when they were going after Bama guys. So I can see it, you know, working out in Philly with Georgia guys. Again, Jason Horowitz is our guest here, Radio Nation Radio 920. And say roughness, DeMond's got one for you.
3: Leading up to the draft, I think Q and I were both aligned when it comes to if they take a corner in the first round, we won't be mad. But Witherspoon, it was looking up leading to the draft. He was going to be gone before seven. Are you surprised that they didn't go after Gonzalez with that pick?
2: Uh, A little bit, only because of all the, the mocks and things of that nature. But, you know, again, I, I think, I think that the best friend for the secondary is not having to cover as long. And Mm -hmm. so if you build from the front back uh, and, and you feel that this is a game changer for a really long time, and you feel like he was a very good player that could have gone earlier, um, then you go get that guy. Because think about it, right? Like, Yes, the let's just, let's take the Chargers for a sec. Um, yes, the Chargers have a couple of really dynamic players in the back, and Derwin James is certainly that, and a high draft pick. But they also we saw it firsthand in Week One. The combination of Bosa and Khalil Mack make it impossible for guys. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah and yeah. and and teams that have that. Think about how the Niners built it. The Niners don't have the greatest corners in the NFL. They have good safeties, but they're not the best by you know. But, but you know what they built? An incredible front seven, and in particularly incredible front four. And so if you go with that model uh, about how the Broncos, right? The Broncos, when they won the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning wasn't very good, but the defense was outstanding, and they built it from the front back. So if you go with that model, uh, then if this if Tyree Wilson is that, and he becomes that type of player, then you did it right, and the secondary will be helped out by that.
3: And then when it comes to storylines in the draft, of course we all know about Will Levis, but was there any player that was drafted in the first round that you were a little surprised about?
2: Uh, I, you know, I don't know that I ever, I don't know that people saw Jack Campbell just because of the position. You know, linebacker back in the day was like, hey, let's get a linebacker in the top 10. Linebacker now is a different story because, yeah. you know, so often you're playing nickel or dime. You've got five uh, members of the, se- of the secondary, six members of the secondary on the, on the field. You, you, you need to have multiple safeties because teams are playing with tight ends out wide so you've got that type of thing so i think just by nature of the game the position of of it you know inside backer a mike backer has changed but I, guys i met jack campbell at big 10 media the day i got introduced as the voice of the raiders i had <laughs> talked to jack campbell earlier in the day and everything that that guy says any football head is going to eat up he is he is everything that 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 Especially someone like Dan Campbell, right? <laughs> I would imagine would want, and uh, you know we'll see him, right? Because we're we're going to go to Detroit. I don't know. Uh, the schedule comes out in a couple of weeks. We'll find out when that is. Um, but but we'll we'll get a chance to try and block Jack Campbell. and We'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. Jack Campbell. Maybe he's the type of guy. He was like, he'll eat a kneecap too, and he's like, this is my guy. <laughs> we're t- I don't Dude, care what I'm people say.
2: You. You guys, I look and, and anyone who watched Iowa football knows that their defense was actually their best offense, mm-hmm. which is which says a lot. So, so uh, he, he he was the leader of that, and you know, look, Iowa's had great defensive players in the in the in the era of Hayden Fry and, and Kirk Ferentz, and um, he's the first one who's ever won the Butkus Award. So, so that says a lot too.
1: You know, I like um, the Tyree Wilson pick a lot. I think that him being on the field with, with Chandler and Max Crosby is really going to help, especially early in his career. But what do you think – what's next, Jason? I mean, Joey Porter's still in the green room. I don't know yeah. if he's really officially in the green room, but he's still on the board. Um, you, you've seen Jason, Joey Porter. You've seen plenty of college football. You cover college yeah. football. What do you think about him, or is there anyone else that you could, you're could you looking at that you think would be a good addition to the Raiders' defense? So-
2: so I really like Brian Branch. First of all, I think Joey Porter, that's the surprise, not Will yeah. Levis to me. I think Joey Porter not getting selected was the surprise of the people who are here. Um, I really like Brian Branch, and, and part of the reason I like Brian Branch is because they, they gave him the freedom at Alabama to play in the role that they did with Minka Fitzpatrick. Mm. And I'm not saying that he's going to be Minka Fitzpatrick, but if he's anything close, then that's a multiple Pro Bowl guy. You know, and, and 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 defenses are different, right? I, you know, what what they play in Pittsburgh versus what we play with, you know, the system, it, it, they're different, right? And and, right. and so Patrick Graham and company have to decide how they want to go about it. But but he is a versatile safety who can make a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage. Now the question though is, you know, what how do the Raiders how do how do Patrick Graham and company how do Ziggler feel he is in coverage? Because we we all know, and this is not just a my first year with the Raiders thing. This is for years. Yeah. They, have, they struggled last year to cover over the middle
0: all year yeah. long,
2: whether that's the linebacker position or the safety position. That was a problem all year long. Um, but in terms of versatility, in terms of making plays and, and 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 you know just being a quote unquote playmaker, Brian Branch is that. Um, so I think that'd be a guy to be excited about too. If and or Joey Porter Jr.
1: Yeah, I, I think that you know that's really it's. The Raiders have so much opportunity in front of them with still eleven picks, and there's still some plenty of talent out there yeah. that they can uh, get in the next few days. Uh, what are your thoughts on quarterback? You know, is Hendon Hooker a guy that should be in play for uh, for the Raiders? Or, you, know, or, or, you know, you, what do you know think? how I
2: feel about Hendon Hooker. I talked to you about that for four months. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I, you know, when we played, when it was week three, mm-hmm. and um, you know, when when we played the Titans, and I'm sure he went to other games as well. Uh, but Dave Ziegler did make the trip to Knoxville. Yeah. Uh, he went and watched, um, that, but I don't remember who Tennessee was playing that weekend, but,
1: but it was week four of the college. It Bama, right? Wasn't went, it Bama?
2: That early? Were they No, maybe Bama it wasn't, yeah. Early? Maybe
1: it wasn't, yeah. I can't I, remember.
2: I thought it was South Carolina, or, no, they lost to South Carolina later. I, I don't remember who it was. Yeah. I, 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 don't remember who it was, but, but he went there and said he really enjoyed the trip, and, you know, I assumed he was there to see Hendon Hooker, but you never know. Who knows who he was, who he was looking at? Right. Um, but, but, but he saw Tennessee up close and personal, and that was when they were rolling, playing really well. And, um, and, and, and Hendon's a guy, I know people talk about his age, the ACL injury, and I also know that people talk about the system, right? Drew Locke
4: yeah, played did. under
2: Josh Heupel <laughs> at Missouri, set all the records in the world, and what is he? He's a backup quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. He was also a second-round draft pick. Mm. So it's, you know, the, the label of the bust. I heard Ryan Leaf talk about this today on Good Morning Football. Um, Ryan and I have become friends over the years because we work together, and, and I appreciate his, uh, you know, what he's done with his life uh, the last few years post incarceration and, and how he's lived his life to try and help others. And and you know he he talks about the fact that Will Levis was a winner yesterday, not because of the fact that he didn't get drafted, but because the label of bust when you are a second or third round draft pick doesn't exist because the expectation isn't the same as a first round or top ten or whatever it would be. And that's a very accurate statement, right? Had Derek Carr been a top-five pick, you know, even though he had all the records in Raiders history, how he'd be, have been viewed by Raiders fans would be very different as opposed to what he was as a second-round pick. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think that's very true for where Levis and Hendon Hooker and wherever they
1: fall today. That's a good point. That's a great point right there.
3: Real quick, guys, that game that uh, Dave Ziggler would have went to, that would have been Tennessee versus Florida. Nice. So, man, okay. that would have that been a Look doozy. at Damon on it. Look <laughs> at Damon. Look at you.
2: Look at you. One of the three of us is staring at a computer
1: right now. Just yes, there you. we go. Well,
3: All right. two, of us, two out of three <laughs> is, and
1: I still couldn't come up with it. So, there you go. <laughs> Jason, stuck. real quick,
3: something I want to ask you about, not related to the Raiders, but it was the biggest story yesterday leading up to the draft. Lamar Jackson getting that new contract. Did yes. you think that once Jalen Hurts got his that, hey, the deal's going to come by because – I didn't think that the guaranteed, completely guaranteed, was going to happen. But are you surprised by the deal that Lamar got?
2: Um, no. I, I, num- this is going to sound silly. The numbers are so hard for me to grasp because they've gone up so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having this conversation off air last night with, with Rick Newheisel, who I work with on, on um, Sirius XN College Sports Radio. But uh, he does the, the draft with me on, on NFL Radio. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago, what, five years ago, that we were talking about $25 million quarterbacks. Right. And they've doubled in, like, five years. hmm You know, so so the numbers and the guarantees and, and however those got set and whoever was the trendsetter and all those things have just changed so drastically. I mean, guys, we're in Kansas City, and I, and I know Raiders fans want to – we all want to beat Patrick Mahomes. We all want to start playing better. They, you know, seven straight years of winning the division. God, somebody else, please. But – he got a $500 million contract, you guys. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so so the numbers are just so drastically different, and it's been so fast that none of those numbers su- should surprise anybody, really. Um, and so, you know, good for Lamar. He is a league MVP, and, and we'll see what happens.
1: Jason, I'm glad you brought up Coach uh, Rick Neuheisel, who works with you. I-, I was out at the Play 60 event. Uh, over at the football field on Wednesday, and he was out there as well, Uh, and he interviewed Jalen Carter, and he probably had the the longest conversation with Jalen Carter out of all of us. I just kind of sat there as a fly on the wall. But he asked Carter about, you know, having the the picks – or not the picks, but the uh, the visits with the teams and kind of getting a chance to explain who he was and who the real Jalen Carter was. Uh, How did that feel? How important was that? And he gave, like, two-word answer, and he said, yeah, it was good – wait – could you repeat the question? I, I I really didn't hear you. And to me, I was just like, "What is going on? Is this dude not focused?" Did did Coach mention any of that interaction that he had with Jalen? Um, you mean to him when
2: Jalen joined us on set, or just like
1: in general? no, no, well, no, on Wednesday. On Wednesday is when uh when that inter that conversation happened. I didn't know if he no, no, went no, back and said I, anything. I
2: no, no. I mean, he he didn't
1: know. Okay.
2: Yes. Yes. To, <laughs> no yes yes no (laughs) so rick and i spoke about a lot of stuff that happened on wednesday okay and you know and and a lot of different conversations about Jalen carter have happened throughout the course of the night on our set the same way they did on tv sets and 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 things of that nature um he rick did not bring it up to Jalen carter when he joined us on set right uh you know because he you know at that point you know your life just changed you know where you're going everyone saw him crying all the emotions we talked about a lot of different things um and his reality is that he, he does know what has happened for the last eight weeks. It is, mm-hmm. I'm sure, at least I would hope, that he has a grasp on what this opportunity is. You know, not a feeling of, hey, I, I, I beat all of the system and I didn't fall to the second round and look what it's about to happen. But, hey, this happened. I did this.
0: Mm-hmm. Take
2: some responsibility for it. The tragedy in Athens. And I still have a second chance to change things around. And, and I would like to point this, too, out about Jalen Carter. I, look, this is not sugarcoating what, what he was involved with or how, what his involvement was. There are also a lot of good stories about Jalen Carter, too. You know, he had a teammate right. in Georgia, you know, and he basically gave him all of his NIL to pay for X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of good that, that Jalen Carter has done. And he was sitting with us. You know, one of the things that happens with us on NFL radio, because we take every pick from the podium – um, and it happens you know, based off of the timing because they go off of TV timing. They don't care about us. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, Roger Goodell is going to the podium. Wall players are sitting down and joining us. We're going back and forth, and I you know, have to hold players with their answers and say, hey, stay with us for a second. We're going to get the pick. Come right back to you. And, and that happened with Jalen Carter when the Jets were making their pick. And I don't know if you remember this last night, but the Jets pick was made by a, a, a kid who had overcome yes. cancer. It was the Make-A-Wish yep. Foundation. And I was watching Jalen Carter watch this kid nodding his head with, like, this massive smile, almost like, how cool was that? Like, he had an understanding of, of what this kid has been through. And, you know, I, I, I just – that stood out to me. I don't know yeah. why that struck a chord with me. Maybe it's because of all the stuff that's been said, talked about him. And, and again, it's a tragedy that he was involved in one way or another. I'm not trying to sugarcoat that. Yeah. I just um, – I just, it was interesting to me to watch him watch this 13-year-old boy who had overcome cancer or was going through cancer uh, make a pick. And like, almost like he had this pride, like a big brother, big sister type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was very interesting.
1: It, that is. That's a great nugget too. And I, I know when I saw that happen in in real time, I was pretty pumped up for that kid too because he was so fired sure. up. And you know what I mean, and he was just he was just so happy. And and as a father, and you're a father, you know, it's it's it's, yeah. it's special when you see kids happy like that.
2: Well, and 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 you know the other part too. Uh, you know, a lot of guys when that happens, and this is my 11th year hosting the draft, and and you know this year fewer pick players decided to come. And four didn't get drafted, so we only had 13. And by the end, you know, some of those guys were off the year by the time they, they finish and make their rounds anyway. Um, but throughout the years, you know, a lot of guys are looking at their phone. They've got, a, you know, the, their new NFL team video following them around. They've got their college video team following them around. Like, they're distracted. And a lot of them, when we go to podiums or other stuff, they're not paying attention. Or even when we're talking to them, not paying attention. Because <laughs> there's so much going on on a night where their lives just change. Right. But... Sometimes you get guys who are so excited to hear Roger Goodell make another pick. Or in this case, because we had the TV screen up, you know, he was so engaged in watching this 13-year-old boy um, make that pick. And, and, and so like, things like that stand out. I don't know that it means anything. I, I have no idea. Right. Um, but but it's just, it, just, it did stand out to me. And, and the other one of those that happened last night, um, we had, the Texans were, were moving around C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson together. Uh, yeah. to do their, their interviews and I thought that was pretty cool. And they were so locked in that step. And I think it actually helps CJ Stroud to have a guy who went number three because Will Anderson's personality is so boisterous and energetic and, you know, all of those things. And and, and and the Buccaneers were about to make their pick. And and they were like becoming prognosticators CJ as we're having this interview. He's like, Yeah, they're gonna take Will Levis. It's my boy. Will Levis is going here. <laughs> and then and then when Kalijah Canty got drafted, Will Anderson was like, Oh, that guy, have you seen his swim move? It's amazing. I was watching his film the other day. I'm like, why were you watching his film? It was, it was just, it was a cool That's moment. Awesome. It was really, really cool.
1: It clearly sounds like I need to be hanging out with you during the draft, and uh, I can get all Come the real out, good dude. nuggets.
2: Come hang out. <laughs> I can
1: I'm down get the, the real. I know. I know you are. I'm going to come find you in a little while, man. Uh, you know, unless I keep talking to you all afternoon, then you might not get to the job. But, uh, no, uh, we definitely appreciate you, man. Fantastic stuff. I am going to catch up with you sooner rather than later when you get here this afternoon. But uh, great I'll stuff, man. Thanks for sharing some of your time with us this afternoon. All right, boy. See you guys in a little bit. All right, brother. There he goes. Jason Horowitz. Grace yeah, I'm in the wrong place. I need to be hanging out with him. My, my, my credential don't say what his credentials say.
3: The Will Anderson <laughs> breakdown of Kalijah Kansi, man.
1: That's that's awesome. No, that, that is awesome. And I know exactly where he's located, but that is a room where his his credential is a little bit different than your boys. 124 is the time. We'll take a break, come back, uh, get some calls and texts, and then we'll close out with Joey McGuire as uh, we had a chance to talk to him last week. want you to uh, hear that again just in case you missed it and, uh, you know, just get a little bit more insight on the Raiders' latest draft pick, which is Tyree Wilson. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
1: A couple quick up texts I want to get to. East Bay Raider Gray, I find it interesting that the Raiders tried to get the number one pick, the number three pick, and tried to trade back into the first round. They couldn't get it done. Just curious about that. And I don't really think that that's... Uh, too curious. I think that that kind of goes with what we've been talking about quite a bit when it comes to Dave Ziegler, that he's going to set a bar of what he's willing to do and what he's not willing to do. He's going to be very disciplined. That goes with free agency, signing certain players. Uh, he won't go over a certain amount of money that he sets up, and, okay, this is what we're willing to give him, and we won't go over that, and that's what it is. And when it comes to, you know, trading around the draft as well, this is what he's willing to do and what he's not willing to do. And so I just think that he's very disciplined with what uh, he, he's, you know he's going to do. And he's got multiple different options of being able to stay pat at where he's at or trade back, whatever the case may be. So I think he's just got many different plans, and he's not really worried about, okay, I have to get this done. There's no sense of, like, desperation. That's why I think that uh, signing Jimmy G was so important to him, because he didn't want to have to have that, that desperation to go and get a quarterback. One more quick text from the 707. Totally love the pick. We've been discussing for months the need for defensive big pick. If an O-lineman or even uh, any of the remaining quarterbacks would have been grabbed first instead, I think I might have actually thrown up. Need help stopping the uh, opposing quarterbacks just from just sitting back there and having lunch. Finally happy with the way it went down on round one. That's from the 707. Thanks for the text. And, yeah, that's the thing. A lot of people hitting us up about uh, the defensive line and build it from the trenches and then build it outside, then go get some corners. And, you know, that's what they have the chance to do, starting uh, with pick number 38 unless they move around the draft. But their they're guy that they got last night, Tyree Wilson, number seven overall at a Texas Tech. I had an opportunity to catch up with them following the draft. We're here in Kansas City at the draft with new Las Vegas Raider Tyree Wilson. And Tyree, we talked yesterday, and you talked about being a Raider in high school,
4: a Red Raider in college, and a potential Las Vegas Raider. Now here you are. How's it feel? It feels great. You know, you know like I told you, I can see myself playing here, and now I'm here, and I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to go to work. You talked about Max Crosby. You talked about Chandler Jones. Has it gone through your mind what it could look like, a three-headed monster, a two-headed monster, you coming off one edge, Max off the other edge? Have you thought about it yet? No, I have not. You know, I'm just, <laughs> just excited to get there and, you know, learn from them and, you know, help help wherever I can so when you're sitting there in the green room and the phone rings and it's a 702 number what's going through your mind uh, well i knew i knew it was vegas and i was excited you know that i was gonna be a raider you know go to some great coaches that actually you know care about the players and you know a great organization and i want to be in the in silver and black how much did you have interaction with the raiders leading up to the draft did you kind of have an idea that you were on their radar or what was the thoughts you know i had a formal interview and then i, I met with them back at the back at the uh, senior bowl, and then, you know, I had a top 30 visit uh, not too long ago. And so, you know, it was just it's just them making the right pick, and I'm glad I was the right fit for them. So we know about your motor. We know about the, the intangibles that you have, what you bring to the table. What do we not know about Tyree Wilson? <laughs> that, um, that is a lot more. It's a lot more in the tank from, you know, from me, and I'm going to bring a lot more, you know, to, to Las Vegas. What do you want to tell the Raider fan base that's excited to see you in the silver and black? I'm excited to be be a part of you know the Raider Nation, and I'm excited to get there and, and let's go to work. Let's go get a Super Bowl. How much have you spent? How much time have you spent in Vegas? Uh, I've been there for the visit, and I went one time <laughs> for the Pro Bowl. <laughs> what did you think about it? Uh, it's wild, but you know I'm there for business, business only. Nice, nice. So what was the what was the embrace and and, and messages with the family like when it became official that you're a Raider? It was just a lot of tears. Really, it was not much words. It was just you know a lot of hugs and a lot of tears. I'll get to chop it up with them when I get back. Well, congratulations, my man. Get, get ready to get to work, and I know Radio Nation is going to happy to embrace you. All right, thank you.
1: There he goes. Tyree Wilson, that was last night following uh, his selection. He was going through what I like to call the car wash, going through all the different uh, stops along the way, as Jason Horwitz pointed out, you know, the stop with uh, Sirius XM, the stop with the NFL radio, the stop with uh, Panini, the stop with every different, uh, I promise you every single little outlet that they have. I mean, those guys got to be exhausted after they go through everything that they go through so uh, yeah definitely uh, appreciate his time and of course he did make it to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center uh, earlier today DeMond you want to take a couple more texts or should we take a break and then get to Joey McGuire let's take a quick break 135 is the time come back we'll get to head coach Joey McGuire uh, we had that conversation with him last week talking all things Tyree Wilson you'll hear it next as we close out the show and get ready to pitch it to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center it's Raiders Nation Radio 920
0: now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q Q
1: Going to be closing out the show in just a little bit. Going to hear from head coach Joy McGuire from Texas Tech, talking all things Tyree Wilson. Got a couple texts I wanted to get to real quick. Jim from Yonkers, I would sit t- tight tonight and not trade up for a quarterback. We need more D. Quarterback tomorrow, uh, Georgia tied in from Vegas would be nice. Talking about Darnell Washington. What time tomorrow? New York time, LOL. Have to set the phone. Thank you for a great show. What time does everything start? What is it, 9 tomorrow? Where we're at, DeMond, Our coverage? Uh yeah, our coverage starts at eight, right? Yeah, yes, yeah, eight o'clock, and then the actual draft gets started. Uh, at nine, the draft coverage gets started at nine. But yeah, I mean, our our coverage will be at eight o'clock, so that'll be eleven from Jim and Yonkers, and yeah, they can sit and, and wait and not get a um not get a quarterback right now. I I feel like the longer you wait, the the more chance it is that you're going to be drafting a quarterback next year as well, right? I think that Hendon Hooker, uh, and it depending on how they feel about Will Levis, are probably your last opportunity to get that franchise quarterback potentially and I think that they do like Hendon Hooker quite a bit and the only thing I would have done or I think that they could have done and maybe this is why there's reports about them wanting to trade back up into the end of round one is the fact that uh, you know that would have had that fifth year option there on Hendon Hooker I think that that would have made uh, a lot of sense but it didn't happen so it just didn't happen Uh, let's see also East Bay Raider Gray said Raiders didn't go after Gonzalez because he's more of a zone cornerback Raiders are looking for more man to man cornerback okay that's fine uh, 805 Raider, great pick and Wilson played plenty on the inside. He should start day one at the four technique guards can't block him. He's great at run D so he could play every down takeover at defensive end in 2024. And yeah, that's really what, you know, I've been talking about. I I, I think that he could be on the field with Max and with Chandler. I don't think that there's a, a, a need to, you know, have him come off the bench or, or, um, you know, or, or pick, like, either or with Chandler and, and him. You know, there's times that he'll be out there and it'll just be him and Max or him and Chandler or whatever the case may be. But there's other options where they can have all three out there on the, on the field. He's, he's a guy that has versatility, and as we all know, that's something that Dave Ziegler definitely looks for is versatility. Speaking of versatility, what he brings to the table, uh, myself and Demon and Lindsey Brown last week actually uh, had Joey McGuire, the head coach of Texas Tech, on our show, Unnecessary Roughness, uh, talking all things Tyree Wilson. And uh, here was that conversation with Coach from last week. There's a guy from, uh, from Texas Tech, a guy from East Texas, Way out there in East Texas, that's going to hear his name called very, very early, and that is Tyree Wilson. And join us now on the phone lines to talk a little. Tyree is his coach, Coach Joey McGuire, and Coach. It's been a minute since we've uh, we've talked. It's, it's always good to hear from you. And before we before we get into Tyree, I got to say, successful season that you had there at Tech. Congratulations to you. I know you guys are going through spring ball right now. How's everything going for you?
0: And uh, great. Thanks for having me and great to talk to you. It's been a long time. Uh, it's going good. We, uh, we really, all we have left is our spring game. Uh, tomorrow we'll get a, a fast Friday uh, on a Thursday, um, <laughs> you know, to kind of get our bodies ready to go and then in the spring game and then the guys get ready for finals and, and get a little break before summer training. But it, it's going really well. We're excited about this team.
1: Coach, what what was it that you did where you were were able to do and convince the players when you got there in Lubbock that, you know, hey, this is going to work out. We're going to do it. I've done it on the high school level.
0: I've done it as an assistant on the college level. Now I'm going to do it as the head man. Uh, You know, the biggest thing, um, and it's going to be a guy that we are talking about. There's a couple of them lacking, but the best players that we had on the team and and the vets bought in the fastest. Um, You know, I think uh, instead of having a team meeting uh, the first time I met everybody, I met with every player that was coming back one-on-one, and, uh, you know, I didn't ask for a chance. I just asked them to uh, let me show them who who I am, who we are, and uh, prove that this is a great situation. And, you know, Tyree believed uh, really early. I mean, and, and that helped me because, again, when your best players believe in what you're doing, then you've got a chance to really push the culture and, uh, and and flip and change some things
1: really fast. Coach Joey McGuire is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, Coach is the head coach there at Texas Tech, and we will be talking about Tyree Wilson.
3: Coach, going into the season, where <laughs> you said it's great that when your best player buys in, when, when you already have that, but as the season progressed and you guys did have a nice season, could you tell that, oh, this guy, he's better than the best player, that he is going to be special at the next level?
0: And, it, you know, so what I tell, because we've got a couple of edge guys that should be drafted next year. Uh, we actually got a kid that's got longer arms. He's 6'5 and a half, so he's a half an inch shorter than Tyree, and his arms are longer, um, and Miles Cole. And and whenever I talk to those guys, really all of our guys, I said, what makes Tyree different is you don't see a lot of 6'6", six, 270-plus-pound six, guys chase the ball away from them and throw his body to make tackles the way he does. Most long guys, whenever it's going away from them, they really reach, you know, and they won't throw their body. Um, Kyrie, if you look at the film, it's crazy the way he plays, the motor, and how many tackles for losses he had this last year when the ball was actually going away from him and he threw his body to get the ball down. I'll tell every scout this story. I've talked to, you know, GMs. Um, this this should tell you everything you want to know of drafting Tyree Wilson. We're playing TCU. It's a really good game through uh, three quarters and then the first couple of minutes of the fourth quarter. We actually had the lead in the fourth quarter. And um, it's late in the fourth quarter. They're going to win the game. The game's over. And so we pull, you know, our old guys out. and We're putting in a bunch of young guys, and they're driving the ball. And uh, I call a timeout. You know, it's like third down. They're fixed to score. They're, like, inside the 10, and I call a timeout. And I'm going to try to rally the young guys and say, look, guys, let's let's finish this thing off. And Tyree Wilson, before I could say anything, puts his hand on my shoulder, and he says, Coach, I got this. And he told our uh, defensive tackle, Jay Boog, he told Krishan Merriweather, he said, guys, we're going back in. I said, Tyree, there's no reason for you to go back in. He goes, Coach, they're not scoring. So whenever your best player, who's going to be a number one draft pick, is a meaningless point to the game, and he puts himself back in, and oh by the way, we stopped him on fourth down and went down and scored to end the game, still going to lose the game. But whenever he pulls himself out, and these days you have everybody else that you know rolls an ankle or or you know barely tweaks an ankle and they can't play in the game, but this guy's pulling. Guys out to finish the game, it tells you everything you need to know about what kind of kid he is and how you, why you want him on your
3: team. I wow. want him in Vegas right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: I told you. I told you. What
1: numbers he wearing? Yeah, I'm
0: sold. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're talking
1: with Coach Joey McGuire from Texas Tech as we're talking all things Tyree Wilson. Go ahead, Demond.
3: How do you think that this success of Tyree Wilson, he's going to be a top ten pick, I think, without a doubt. How is that going to help you on the recruiting trail or maybe in the transfer portal to say, hey, guys, you can have that type of success here at Texas Tech?
0: You know, it, it already has, uh, and Tyree was a part of it because um, he was still here. Um, Steve Linton, uh, who was in the portal, and and uh, man, y'all y'all are gonna see a, an outside edge guy. He, he plays opposite of what Tyree. So Tyree was our field in. Um, Steve's playing our boundary in, and he is. I would not be surprised if he leads the Big Twelve in sacks, and so it's already paying off with that. Um, we've got a couple of commits that are edge guys that are young and athletic and, um, you know, they can see, you know, Tim DeRuiter's fixed to have back to back number one draft picks. He was at Oregon last year. And so he had the kid that went to, um, uh, the giants. Um, he's also the guy that uh, was the defense coordinator at A&M when bond Miller went from a guy having an okay college career to a number one draft pick and then having a great NFL career. So it's one thing about DeRuder, man, he knows, how to uh, you know get the most out of those edge guys, and, and it's helping us a bunch. The cool thing about Tyree, he is a proud Red Raider. <laughs> and so just like the proudest Red Raider right now that carries the pl- flag in the NFL, Pat Mahomes, he's a guy that's going to be a lot like Pat from the standpoint that he is going to be really proud, and he's going to come back, and he's going to help his school. Um, and, and I'm, I'm man, I love him to death. He's such a great guy.
1: Coach Joey McGuire is our guest here on Red Nation Radio 920. And Roughness say, just got a few more for you, Coach. And, you know, when you look at Tyree and you look at guys like Will Anderson from Alabama, who a lot of people believe is going to be probably the first defensive player taken off the board, kind of know what Will Anderson is, kind of seeing his accolades already and great player. But Tyree, I feel like, Coach, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like he still has a lot of room to grow, but he showed how good he can already be. He's just going to get better.
0: Yeah, you know, Will is incredible and and deserves every. Everything that he's getting, and, and if he's the first guy taken, I'm sure you can't go wrong with him. But the thing that I would say about Tyree is if you look at his body of work, you've seen him play a three technique, a four technique, a five technique, a seven, a, a six, a nine. You've seen him drop into coverage. Like, there's nobody in this draft on the defense side of the ball that can play as many positions along that front. And then you also see him play in space when we dropped him a few times. Like Tyree Wilson, you know, because the guy went from a three, four interior, you know, four technique, three technique to an edge guy. And I don't think there's anybody else in the draft that that can do that or, you know, has done it on film. And so I think he's just got such a huge upside. When you
1: saw him on film, when you made your way to Lubbock and you saw him on film, what went through your mind as a defensive minded coach?
0: man I was like we got something special here you know just uh let him know exactly who you are and and what you can do because last year you know he had a great bowl game against Mississippi State he had three sacks and there was a lot of people in his ear that were saying hey come out you know and Mm -hmm. he was like a projected you know maybe fourth round draft pick definitely fifth round and and uh you know whenever I was able to sit down with him I was saying look It's there, and I understand it. And I'm going to be the first coach. I tell every player, you will never hear me tell you to come back if you're supposed to come out. I think it's just criminal to do that to players and put yourself ahead of them. I I don't believe in that. And so I told Tyree, I said, Tyree, I really believed in my heart that you were supposed to come out. I'd be the first one to tell you, and I would pat you on the back and say good luck. But you have the potential to do what he's doing he did this year and what he's going to do in the draft. And so I was so excited whenever he said, Coach, I'm ready to come back. <laughs>
1: I bet. Yeah, and as a coach, uh, you, you mentioned just how imperative it is for you to put your players' best interest at heart. And I'm glad that you say that because I
2: feel like that can get a little bit muddled in today's day and age because ultimately as a coach, you're just a shepherd to the next stop in life, whether that's at, at the professional football level or whatever these guys are going to move on to. But what physical skill has become a a mastery imperative for your players bound for the next level uh, that really wasn't on anybody's radar in the last, say, seven years? Because things change pretty quickly, and and what's demanded from these players when they're supposed to be ready to go and and plug and play?
0: Well, you know, a a couple things. I mean, I was really lucky to work for Matt Rule and and see what he did. And then you look, a couple years ago, Baylor's um, guys went, I mean, crazy at the combine with the speed. You know, and and with Jalen Petrie of what he did this last year in the NFL, I mean, I think he set every rookie record as a DB that you can set. And so I've seen some really, really good players. I think you've got to have some guys that understand um, they've got to be able to do multiple things. Um, We've got a kid right now that I coached that started out as a tight end. He's been in the league the last four years with the Panthers, and um, he's now an O-lineman. You know, and and so I think you got to be able to play a lot of positions. And then the biggest thing I tell our guys all the time, if you can't play special teams in college, you can't play in the NFL unless you're a quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. But if you are a linebacker, receiver, running back, tight end, DB, if you can't get on the field and play, you know, three core special teams, then you're probably not going to be able to play in the NFL. I mean, so we're just looking for those guys that, you know, that, one, um, love playing football, and two, can play a lot of different things.
1: Yeah, no, Coach is great, and it was great to, to get to know him. It was obviously great to know you while you guys were at Baylor together and, and being able to follow your career. And, and Coach, we'll close out with this. Uh, I've obviously seen you when you were a high school coach. I saw you at Baylor. Now you're at Texas Tech. I mean, what what is it about you and coaching and just it, it's, it's, it's always worked on every level for you?
0: Oh, it's all about the players, I mean anybody can say that but my players you know and I'm, y'all are going to laugh at me uh because if anybody knows me this is really not who I am but I'm going to do my second wedding in July and do my third wedding next April and uh of players and it's officiating and that <laughs> you know that's really not I mean I had to call a couple different people to say how to, how do you do this you know <laughs> but it it's the relationship that I have with my guys cuz they know that I'm going to put their well-being first. That I care about him. I love them, and and uh, you know, um, I'm going to be extremely demanding. I'm going to hold them accountable. But there's not a day when they walk through the building that. I'm not fired up to see them, and I'm not going to put them first. Always put the players first, and good things are going to happen.
1: You know, and I always talk about uh, high school football here. Uh, I love high school football from my co- time covering it there in Texas. So t- for you, I mean, that's you know that's that's where you that's where you made your name, Coach McGuire. What is Texas high school football? What does that always meant to you?
0: Well, I tell everybody, and and it was funny. There was a comment after the bowl game about now maybe he sees himself as a college coach. Why well, I, I do? I coach college but I'm a high school coach that gets to coach college. You know, it's not the other way around. Um, You know, I know my DNA. I know my roots. And, and, uh, you know, uh, Jeff Traylor and I, uh, Jeff at UTSA, man, we carry that THSCA flag and hope we're doing a good job so we can give other high school coaches an opportunity. You know, perfect example about high school football. Uh, Philadelphia played in the Super Bowl uh, running a lot of – RPOs and zone reads and putting their quarterbacks in great positions and heck I was defending that in 1999 against Sam Harrell at Ennis mm-hmm. and you know I mean some of the stuff that it doesn't it doesn't trickle down uh, whenever it comes to some of that stuff I think it definitely trickles up and, and Texas high school football as y'all know is at a different level.
1: Yeah, no it really is. Go ahead DeMond.
3: Coach this is just a quick yes or no. The next seafood boil after practice. Can I get an invite? <laughs>
0: You know it, man, and I going to tell you what, it is legit because the guy that came in, they call him the crawfish king Houston, so you know if it's coming from that area, it's great, great crawfish.
1: There's no doubt. No doubt. Well, Coach, thanks so much. Uh, You gave us plenty of time. We got some good background on Tyree Wilson, who might end up going from a Red Raider to a Las Vegas Raider, and then you'll really have to come out to Vegas. Oh, man.
0: (laughs) I would love that. I'll tell you, my wife would love that 100%.
1: Nice. Well, if it happens, Coach, we'll be in Kansas City, so I'll see you there. But if it does happen, man, you got to come out here, and we got to get you in studio and hang out a little bit, if that's all right. You
0: you got it, man. I promise I'll 100% do that for you.
1: Thanks, Coach. I appreciate you. Good luck on Saturday. All right. Thank y'all. All right. Thank you. There he goes. Coach Joy McGuire, Texas Tech Red Raiders. Went from a high school coach to, as he said, I'm a high school coach coaching college. Right, Grassroots. You, you, you that's the way just, it's got to be. You can just tell how much he loves his job and, and it's mm-hmm. and, and loves his players, and that, that means a lot. And Tyree Wilson, man, to pull yourself from being on the bench in a game that you're losing and get the guys that are starters and say, hey, we ain't letting these guys score. That's something that's pretty special right there. That kind of tells you a lot about who that player is in Tyree Wilson.
2: Yeah, and this guy makes tackles, so I'm all about this life. I'm all about this life in the space. You can make tackles and get to the edge. I need you on my team.
1: So that was our conversation we had with Texas Tech head football coach Joy McGuire from last week, myself, Lindsey Brown, and DeMond Cotton here on Unnecessary Roughness. And just giving you a little bit of a behind-the-scenes on Tyree Wilson. And it's funny, running into uh, the SID, Matt Dowdy, here in Kansas City right after he was selected. It's funny, I was sending Matt a text saying, Hey, man, uh, it happened. It happened. He went from being a Raider to a Red Raider to being a Las Vegas Raider. And as soon as I sent on that text, uh, Matt was, like, right around the corner and was like, Cute! Matt. I was like, man, I'm literally just uh, texting you right now. So that was really cool. He said that he's going to get Coach McGuire. I believe McGuire's uh, daughter is having a a wedding coming up soon. So uh, he's going to get him back on with us to talk about Tyree. Also, the defensive coordinator there at Texas Tech actually coached Devontae Adams as well at Fresno State. So uh, we're going to get both of those guys on at some point to give us a little bit more background, a little insight. So uh, many thanks to Texas Tech, Matt Dowdy, many thanks to head coach Joey McGuire, and many thanks to you, Raider Nation, as well. We are going to pitch it now to JT The Brick, Eric Allen. They're going to pass along the sticks, and uh, they're going to lead you right up to the second round of the NFL draft there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I believe Lincoln Kennedy is going to come along for the ride as well, so uh, should be action-packed. Very excited about it and continuing to see how the Raiders build this roster for 2023 as they have currently 11 picks starting with number 38 in this upcoming second round of the draft so uh, that's going to do it for us for DeMond Cotton I'm your boy Q live from Kansas City next time we talk I'll be back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio in Las Vegas on Monday on Red Nation Radio 920 enjoy the draft have a fantastic weekend we'll talk later